0: Hello and welcome to the podcast. You're listening to Be Uncluttered. I'm Rebecca Mazzino and with me is Tara Tuttle and together
1: we are going to help you on your journey to a life free of clutter. Hi and welcome to the podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Today we are going to discuss when you are in decluttering mode versus when you're in maintenance mode. I want to deep dive a little bit into the difference between those two modes and uh, tease them out a bit so you can work out once you that point when you finish decluttering and when you move into maintaining your decluttered state and what that looks like
0: yeah and i guess the the aim for anyone who's actively decluttering is to get to maintenance mode and i think if you're doing the decluttering right you will eventually end up in maintenance mode if you Maybe aren't nailing the decluttering mode. You might never get to maintenance mode. So maybe this episode will help you understand how you might be able to actively progress from one of those modes to the next one, because the maintenance mode is the the aim of the game, really.
1: And it's really important to understand that there's no end point. Maintenance mode goes on forever. You, the yep. I think there is a misconception that. Once you declutter, you you finish actively declutter, de, let me say that again. Mm. <laughs> Once you finish actively decluttering, that it's done, you tick that box and you walk away. But mm. if you are continuing to bring stuff into your house, which all of us mm. do, most days of the week, you need to keep taking things out. And so the maintenance mode goes on forever. Yep, that's the lifestyle st- side of it. If you're sort of thinking... Crash diet
0: and lifestyle change, we're looking at decluttering as the crash diet and the lifestyle changes as um, the maintenance mode really.
1: Yeah, that's it. So how would we define then the decluttering mode when you're, you know, up to your your elbows in bags for charity and things like that? How would we kind of, Mm. how would we set that up or how would we define that?
0: Okay, I guess you know you're in decluttering mode when you still have more stuff than space. And you can't really, you don't really move into. Well, I suppose some people would maybe be happy to have more stuff than space and be happy to move into maintenance mode before they've got that equilibrium. But generally, I would say if you are looking around and you still think you've got too much stuff, then you'll be in active decluttering mode.
1: The other thing would be even not necessarily having more stuff than space available, but more stuff. Than you are comfortable with because I have plenty of space in my house but there are still times when I think yeah I wouldn't mind that bookshelf looking a bit sparse or looking a bit more open everything fits in there and fits in there well but I think I'd like there to be more more, you know air. white space on that on that shelf so it might even just come down to you know having that feeling in a space that you're not entirely happy or not entirely comfortable with where it's at
0: mm. and that just got me thinking as well of when we sort of defined decluttering versus maintenance modes we actually didn't talk about the fact that you will actually possibly once when you're in maintenance mode go along for a while and slip into an active active decluttering mode temporarily for a while as well will not you like if you get a special project yeah. like that
1: yeah absolutely and I mentioned it uh, the other week on the podcast when we were giving a shout out to all our men's game participants I was feeling like I am in maintenance mode and feel like I have been in maintenance mode for some time now and yet mm. all of this hive of activity on our community page and these people letting go of items and talking of that feeling of freedom I was like I want a slice of that pie too so I went around <laughs> and spent a couple of hours in the morning actively decluttering because mm. my maintenance had either slipped or there were things that were behind doors that I just hadn't laid my eyes on for a while and so I managed to get through you know a whole lot of my house and find a quite a, significant number of items so I actively decluttered for a couple of hours Mm. but now I'm back in maintenance mode so I think yeah you can once you're in maintenance mode you can certainly dip in and out of decluttering when you've got a project or a focus Mm. or you just feel in the zone Um, Mm. but when you're in active decluttering mode I think you really need to have the mindset of Mm. more going out than coming in Um, And that needs to be sustained for a while until you get to the point of feeling comfortable.
0: Yeah, and it's a focus. It's an active focus. It's part of the priorities in your life at that time is reducing the amount of stuff that's in your house.
1: And part of the decluttering mode is being really careful with what you're buying as well because Mm. if you – you don't want this churn of items in and out, in and out. You need to focus on making space, creating room, getting rid of the things that don't serve you or that don't add value to your life. And until you can make some room in your house, if you keep bringing things in, they're just going to end up shifting into that pile of stuff that goes back out. I think you need to create the space and then move to a position of buying with intention. So, When you're actively decluttering, be really careful about picking up trinkets and bits and pieces here and there, impulse purchases, that kind of thing. Get through your active decluttering mode first um, because you'll probably gain a whole lot of clarity then about what you really want in the space at the end of that process.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: And with decluttering mode, I think you find a level of momentum. You let go of a bunch of things feel the freedom and the, you know, momentary high from having more space and having said goodbye to a few things. And then it's like you, you have a filter on your vision or something that you start seeing things in a different light and you get that Mm -hmm. momentum of things heading out the door rather than the momentum being, you know, the other way where things are coming in.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that makes sense. And when you're in maintenance mode, you don't necessarily have momentum you have a slow and steady approach and when you're in decluttering mode it's it's that um you know slightly faster like you're on a roller coaster rather than on the kiddie teacup ride (laughs) (laughs) i don't know if that's a decent analogy or not but um you know i see my ideal analogy
1: because it doesn't (laughs) involve food but food yeah (laughs) Well,
0: you can think about a food one for us. Um, then that would be really oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's it's sort of about it's a priority. It's something that is oh, the word I keep thinking of is more intense or undiluted, you know, but I, I don't know if those are the right words. And um maybe you can make a food analogy, like decluttering's like cordial. Decluttering is like cooking you put a the stir water fry.
1: You turn up the heat and you are all focus. You need to have everything prepared. You throw it all in. It's quick. It's active. It's really dynamic. Maybe not quick. Good. But, and then oh, maintenance mode is more like a potato and leek soup that you need to simmer for a while. It's on the. It's on low. It just you know bubbles along. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's happening, but yeah. it's happening slowly. But, but it's happening slowly. Well done. You Thanks. did it. <laughs> My cookbook um, will be out at the end of the year. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> so
0: the the things that we need to think about when we're in active decluttering mode is we need to be asking ourselves lots of questions all the time um we need to be asking ourselves you know do i need it do i use it do i love it um and like on the shopping where you were were talking about before is you know do i actually is this an essential at the moment because in decluttering mode really the only only the essentials should be coming in shouldn't they and mm-hmm. so you know is am i buying this for an actual use or am i buying this out of out of habit and you know, the the habitual buying um, during decluttering mode really needs to be reined in
1: yeah and i think if it helps you when you are in active decluttering write out some of those questions and stick them to your fridge or stick them, you know, Mm -hmm. on the wall of your wardrobe if that's what you're decluttering at the moment. You know, you want these questions and these thoughts to become second nature. You know, do I use this? Do I need this? Do I love this? And um, this is one of the things that I work with um, clients about when I'm decluttering them virtually because I'm not in the house, I'm like, you need to, when you touch items or you see items, that needs to become one of the first things that pops into your head. Do I love that? Yes. Great. Move on. Mm. You know, you're folding the washing and you fold up, you know, that pair of socks with the hole in them and you go, oh, okay, am I going to fix this? Do, are these still serving me? Are these going to take more from me than they're going to give? Because I, I'm going to have to spend 20 minutes mending them or I could let them go. Um, you know that just putting the filter on where you are actively asking yourself over and over do I love this do I need this do I want this and then letting those things go that you know when the answer is no for sure
0: and I mean those are questions that we also ask ourselves in maintenance mode as well but when they're when you're in decluttering mode they're actually front of mind they're that top priority aren't they
1: yeah so Like we said, you're not going to ever be totally done with decluttering if you continue to bring things into your home. But I think when you shift to that mindset of intentional purchasing, you will dramatically decrease the amount of stuff that then is required to go out. And I think when Mm. you start letting go of lots of things, naturally you start to question things that you purchase because you think, I've just let go of a bunch of kitchen utensils. Now that I'm standing in front of kitchen utensils at the store, thinking about buying them, you have that thought of, could something else do the same job as this? All those questions you've asked Mm. yourself in decluttering mode does kind of stem the tide of stuff coming into your house. Um, Mm. But also I'd say you need to remember too that what you love and what you use And what works for you and serves you and serves your home will change over time too. So just because you decluttered your utensil drawer five years ago and it worked then and you kept what you used then might not work for you today. You might, you know, have kept a mm, garlic press and then now you've got a real aversion to garlic and you never cook with it anymore. So just because it served you then doesn't mean it serves you now. So I think that's where the maintenance comes in that you keep revisiting the things that you've decluttered previously and asking yourself are they still serving me
0: yeah yeah so we we do a lot of talking about decluttering in all of our different episodes so we probably don't need to focus too much on that and i think though that something that is not talked about nearly enough when it comes to decluttering is how to maintain what you've done so I think, you know, we're going to have quite a bit of a chat now about what maintenance mode means and how how you can actually do it so that you don't ever need to go into an intense decluttering mode again. You can choose to go into, uh, have a little project of of decluttering mode now and then, but it doesn't necessarily become an urgent necessity. Does that make sense, Tara?
1: Yeah, definitely. And I think because you should have when you finish decluttering or active decluttering you should have a, removed any sense of overwhelm so then mm. it's just about keeping that equilibrium i don't know if that is the right word to use but you know the or yeah, the balance the balance that. in your yeah. house yeah um yeah. and and you will start to notice and over time you'll you'll become more fine tuned into when you're starting to feel overwhelmed or you're finding too many things hanging around or maybe if you're starting to feel a bit sparse and you know you're thinking I'm becoming a minimalist and I'm not entirely comfortable with that I would I need more coziness or I need more you know warmth in this space I need to bring some things in but trying to keep that balance Mm -hmm. right yeah and you know and if you have children (laughs) pregnancy is a good way to all of a sudden
0: increase the amount of stuff coming into your house I um I was thinking yesterday I just I've had a few interactions with with people with young children recently and and I just I said to a client yesterday who was pregnant and she's they've got a two-year-old as well and I said just don't buy any more than three toys just right now from now on don't buy anything except Christmas and birthday presents and don't have any more than three toys. And they're kind of looking at me like, I'm like, trust me, you'll thank me when they're eight and ten if you start this now because you won't have a house full of of stuff. Um, And I just keep thinking, I just want to get to people early when when they're just about to have their babies and say, Start these habits now. Start your maintenance habits right now because you, children and their stuff are major causes of of clutter. Yeah, but I digress.
1: So then, Beck, if you are in maintenance mode, which you are, how do you mm. maintain your or the balance of belongings in your house? How do you stay at that that right level?
0: The main focus is on being intentional about what comes in. And so that is the the balance is maintained by really being careful about uh, shopping habits and only buying things when they're needed rather than on a whim or if I already have one or something like that. So at the moment most of what I have, what, most of what I need I, I own and so purchases that we're making as a family or I'm making on my own are generally things that are more on the, the want side so they might be decorative things I'm a little bit of a mid-century collector so there's the odd occasion where I find something that I really like and I, I think I need to find room for this in my home and so I will acquire it obviously we also acquire things like food and clothing but mostly we don't really bring much in the house and so that means that there isn't a lot of getting rid of that needs to happen as well. So for me it all comes down to reducing the amount that comes into the house, um, so active, intentional acquisition rather than automatic acquiring.
1: Yeah, we do a lot of one-in, one-out in this house. So it doesn't mean yeah. that we buy a lot and then just get rid of a lot, but when we buy, I think because the family have got to the point, they sick of me saying... <laughs> Is there anything else you can get rid of in that drawer? Is there anything else? Got anything else? The drawers are adequately full or not full, as the case might be. Um, But, you know, my husband bought a new rugby jumper the other day, which he had been looking at for, I don't know, 18 months or something, going, oh, should I? Shouldn't I? And he was just, I was just like, just if you've loved it for that long, just. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Do it. But I'm like It's a good sign that it's gonna be well loved.
1: Yeah. And then um but when it arrived, I'm like, okay, so which one is it taking the place of? And there was one that had been around for a long time, which I don't think was in a suitable state to be worn outside of the house mm-hmm. anymore. So it's like, okay, it might be time to let go of that. But it's great because it means he's got something new, but it doesn't mean that drawer is now overflowing um into yeah. the same state that it was in before, because one went in and one went out. And Um, so that's how we roll with a lot of our items I try and do the same with books now because Mm -hmm. I I like the space that's in my bookshelf and it's easy because I get given books um, for birthday presents and Christmases and stuff like that so I will let go of one that I've read but haven't passed on to someone yet so one in one out and then my kids do the pre-Christmas and pre-birthday give before you get. And we covered that right back at the start when we were talking about kids and acquisitions. So my youngest daughter just had a birthday. So the week before her birthday on her job list was find a bag of items that you no longer love or use and let's either pass them on, donate them to charity, whatever. And Mm. so we have those kind of triggers in place as well, I guess, that we – Will move a bulk lot. When I say bulk, mm. for her case, it was you know one bag, bag full of yeah. items, but there's probably half a dozen things or more in there that she let go of, and still she let go of half a dozen, and she probably got a dozen new ones. But it's that that general progression of things are still leaving the yeah. house. Yeah, pretty close to the same rate that they're coming in.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's it's uh, the one in one out really is probably the easiest. Most robust way to maintain the levels of stuff in your house. It's you've got a trigger because you're bringing one in. So then you've got, you know, a trigger that you can attach the habit of discarding to. And um, once you attach that habit to something else, then it's going to stick a lot. A lot easier as well, and it's just it's so simple and clean, isn't it? It doesn't mm-hmm. require any extra effort, and I guess that leads us to the point of of having a, a charity box or a charity bag always available to people in the family to put their things, and you know that that then either lends itself to the one in one out concept, so that that the one-out part of the concept happens really easily because there's somewhere for it to go. There's a home for it to go straight to. And also if someone just even just happens to open a drawer and look at something and go, I haven't used that in two years, I'm just going to get rid of it, it can then go in that that box and there's somewhere for it to go. So it actually is very easy for it to happen. Uh, yeah. We, our charity bags, we don't have a charity box. We have a spot. And so it's the spot by our, by our front door, which means it's our front door, our front hallway, it's constantly got something on the floor mm-hmm. <laughs> next to it. And I keep thinking I might just like get a nice basket and, and put there. I've got a, a vintage telephone table in there with a plant on it and I'm thinking I might get a really nice basket that will fit under that that we can put our donations in instead of it just being like laid on the floor <laughs> all the way up the hallway. We end up with a line of things um, yeah. before they end up in the boot. But it could look nicer but it, there's a home for it. So and there's always stuff in that spot because someone is always spotting something that needs to go and, there's you know, they can go straight away and put it in that spot and they know um, that it will get magically taken to Uh, charity when I get around to it or when Mick gets sick of falling over it
1: (laughs) yeah I um, I think anyone that's got young children that has ever tried with or without children to declutter toys having anything in the open like a charity bag or box is just fraught with danger because I think kids don't realize that they want to play with an item until they see that it's going. There are so many That's things so that my true. children had decided they would part with or things that I had said, you know, you haven't played with this for 18 months, so we'll give it away, no worries. And then while it is in the box next to the front door ready for me to take out to the car, they will take it out and they will play with that item like they haven't played with it ever before in their <laughs> lives. And I'm like, <laughs> what is with that? So we sometimes if there is not space in the house to be able to put it out of sight then put it straight in the boot of your car because you are not if you decide that there's you know a pair of kitchen tongs that you don't want anymore you're not going to drive to the charity shop to hand them over you're gonna you know wait until you've got a whole bag or a whole boot full of items so either start putting Mm -hmm. them in your boot straight away or we have um one of the drawers in the bottom of a um chest of drawers in our spare room is empty and that's the bottom drawer so as the kids come across things or as I come across things or even you know the kids will wear a t-shirt and I think that's starting to look like a belly top that's far too short for you shall we give it away yep I'll wash it and then I'll put it in that drawer and it's Mm -hmm. out of sight because then my kids aren't tempted to rediscover it and fall in love with it and then we have the whole conversation all over again yeah I forgot about that having Mm. older kids you forget (laughs) forget stuff yeah and so having them having your your place for donations out of sight I think is really handy but like you said everyone like my kids know where that drawer is and occasionally you know I'll be helping one of them clean up their room and go do you even use this anymore no that can go they'll walk down and put it in the drawer they know that the stuff they've let go of is there, but because it's out of sight, it's kind of out of mind as well. Um, yeah, it's like the first step to letting go. We joke that yeah. the the spare room is where things go to die. That's where they start <laughs> the, the process of dying. Is they get they get put in the drawer and then they leave. Yeah.
0: So that's um one one thing you just said also just reminded me of another point or another trigger that you can use in maintenance mode is cleaning and tidying and so if you have the habit of whenever you're tidying up and putting things in their homes that you notice something that isn't used anymore or that is damaged or that you just don't like anymore that it goes straight the decision is made immediately and so that's another difference between maintenance mode and decluttering mode is that you don't need to be thinking about discarding things to discard something it becomes part of the natural movement of how you move things around the house. And um, so you, you can just scan, you know, when I open a drawer, My first thing I do is I sort of scan it to see that everything's in its spot generally. I'm not overly fussy, but, well, some drawers I'm fussy about. My utensil drawer I'm very fussy about. But I'll scan a couple of uh, spots and I'll go, oh, I need to move this. But at the same time I'm also scanning for stuff that I can throw away. And so it becomes a little bit of a habit as well of every time that you move a space around or you interact with a space or you interact with items that you are automatically questioning their role in your life and the value that they're giving and that assessment happens just as part of normal day-to-day living rather than when you are doing it in a for a specific amount of time or in a specific project
1: yeah i think what happens is you you just see things in a different light so when you can't close a drawer and you're in maintenance mode you question that you go okay yeah. well there's something going wrong here either there's something in here that doesn't belong because previously when I decluttered everything fit in this drawer or we've acquired too many things and haven't let anything go so if it's your tea towel drawer and suddenly you're having to jam the tea towels down to fit them in and slide Mm -hmm. the drawer in you will take 30 seconds to have a quick rifle through and go oh yeah that's right this one's a bit old that can go into my rag pile and you know this one's got a hole so maybe that one can go in the bin. and Mm. you know then close the drawer and move on with your day and it doesn't become a big laborious process it's just a tiny task micro task here and there Mm. to just keep things running smoothly
0: yeah so you never have to do it all at once
1: yeah the only time I think in maintenance mode that I do more than you know, maybe a thing at a time, and this is other than the the girls, you know, pre birthday, pre Christmas, uh, give before you get, is seasonally, and mm. again, it's probably more to do with the kids because they are still growing. <laughs> Um, quite often at the end of, you know, the cooler seasons and we're moving into summer and it usually lines up with school holidays, we will spend a couple of hours just going through, okay, so, you know, winter's done now and we're into warmer clothes. Is there anything that you've grown out of this winter? Is there anything that you had this winter that you didn't wear at all? Because if that's the case, then that can probably go as well. And sometimes it's just being boxed up to be handed down to the next child or handed down to a niece um, and mm. other times it's let go of. But quite often we'll do a quick kind of seasonal or end of season review and that might be a scenario where we get rid of a few more items. But I guess it's because they continually change and change mm. at a greater rate than us as adults do. And as our wardrobes, mm. you know, and our tastes change over time, it's a lot more gradual. Slower. Mm. Mm. Um, so that's probably the only other time in maintenance mode where I, kind of have a concerted effort to find a few things to let go and that's just in the kids' room. And because then, you know, with the heralding of a new season comes the new items required for that season like swimmers because last year's swimmers didn't fit. And my children grow like weeds. (laughs) My uh, almost 11-year-old is... is, She's taller than you now, isn't she? uh, Not quite. I think I've still Mm. got about five centimetres on her. But she's now... Um, can't fit into my shoes she was borrowing my shoes for a while but now she's closer to a size nine ladies shoe oh wow yeah, yeah she's
0: she's gonna be tall see my I remember being really excited when Zoe uh, reached my shoe size and I remember saying to someone like oh it's really cool you know we've got the same size shoes we can wear each other's shoes and then this person looked at me and went oh yeah she's gonna ruin your shoes and I'm like oh I didn't even think of that and sure enough. <laughs> a couple of pairs of shoes she wore I'm like dude what did you do to those Mm. so I had to sort of put a stop to that but then she passed me by the time she was 12 um her feet were bigger than mine so uh, it didn't last very long but yeah I was really excited for a short amount of time and then it became a lot less exciting
1: (laughs) yeah I uh had Sienna at one point we were shoe shopping and that's when she was still my size and she wanted to little pair of, like, kickers or, you know, skatey trainers. And I'm like, oh, mm. these are nice. And she's like, no, nah, I <laughs> want the ones with all the Diamontes all over them, like really heavy, <laughs> hardcore bling. And I'm like, oh, but you'll grow out of these in six months and these will be mine, so can we buy some <laughs> that I like? <laughs> and now uh, we came home with the blingy ones. I'm so like, oh, well, I guess they'll be put away for Maddie maybe because I won't be wearing yeah. them. Um, yeah. so Maddie might fit into them when she's 17. <laughs> but, uh <laughs> Well, yeah. I found it disconcerting
0: when when Zoe could fit into my shoes because then she'd get my heels out. And it was, it's sort of, for me, it's really quite disconcerting seeing a 12 year old or an 11 year old totter around in stilettos. Mm. <laughs> so, and occasionally she'd go and grab my boots and go, Can I wear these? And they're heels. And I'm like, No, you, you're 11. For me, it doesn't, they just didn't match. Like this, it's really strange to see your your baby girl. Uh, yeah. wearing heels before absolutely it's, it's time yeah absolutely. she's and she's kind of stopped doing that now occasionally even at sixteen occasionally she'll throw on a pair of heels, but she's mostly a flat shoes flat shoes girl like me so um it, the the phase ended which was nice but um yeah it was really weird for a while there.
1: So getting back to maintenance, I think, it's really tempting when you've got newfound space in your home, once you've decluttered and you've got all this air and you've got clean surfaces, it is really tempting to fill that <laughs> again Yeah, because um, usually people that get a lot of clutter initially are people that like acquiring items. And so to mm. try and change that habit long-term can be really tricky. And it can be hard to maintain that decluttered or minimalist state long-term, especially when the world constantly bombards you with advertising Um, you know, we see an obscene amount of advertisements every day that are all telling Mm -hmm. us that our life would be so much better with this item or with that item. And to try and negate that is really hard. Um, Mm -hmm. There's a girl called Karina Jane that has written a blog about maintenance mode and maintaining a decluttered state. And that's really good. Um, I will Mm -hmm. put a link to it in the show notes. She talks about like we said being picky about the things you allow into your home be ruthless about keeping out your clutter so get some really good maintenance habits um be really kind and gracious when refusing something but Mm -hmm. that's something we haven't really touched on where um, when people offer you things or give you things if they don't fit with what you're trying to maintain don't be rude about it, but but graciously mm. decline, and and you can explain your reason for declining that, and say, look, I'm really trying to maintain a decluttered home, so thanks very much for offering me your box of Tupperware that you no longer want, but that doesn't serve me, and it goes against what I've worked really hard to, you know, curate. Yeah. So, um, yep. and then be confident in the lifestyle that you've chosen. Try and rebuff some of those advertisements if you if your why, and the reason you started decluttering was to lose those feelings of overwhelm to spend less time on housework to make the things that are really important in your life front and center and not be so worried about about physical possessions try and hold on to that and keep that at the front of your mind to help you know negate some of those ideas about always needing to have more and be more and do more Mm.
0: yeah help resist the temptations yeah yeah a couple of helpful questions that you can ask yourself before you bring in something into your house, because I think the the whole being picky about what you allow into your home is really one of the big keys to this, is ask yourself, do you need it? Will it add value to your life? Will it help you with the life you want to live? And do you already have something very similar? And do you have space for this? Is there a home dedicated for this that isn't going to cram everything else up or get in anyone's way or anything like that so those are the questions that you need to be constantly asking yourself when you're shopping when you're walking past hard rubbish (laughs) removal Um, anything like that you know ask yourself you know what is this going to give me and what is it going to cost me and is it going to be worth the cost before it comes into the house and before you consider bringing it home
1: so our challenge today we would like you to have a delve into your linen cupboard. Ask yourself how many bed sheets you really need, how many towels you really need. Find doubles, things that you are keeping just in case rather than just for when. And let go of the things you no longer need with intention. And a lot of linen items can either be donated to your local charity if they're still in good condition, or donated to an animal shelter nearby, because quite often they will use linen items for bedding for their pets. Thanks for joining us. If you've enjoyed listening, we'd love it if you'd leave a review or tell all your friends about us so they too can be uncluttered. If you'd like to connect with us, you can find us at beuncluttered.com.au or via Facebook and Instagram, or on our own websites at clearspace.net.au and basklifecoaching.com.